You are listening to the podcast of Open Life Church. We are located in Bonnie Lake, Washington, and meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Bonnie Lake High School. Thank you for taking the time to download our podcast or visit our message archive page at livinglifeopen.com. If you are visiting us on our message archive, I just want to make you aware of two things. First, there's a link just above the audio display where you can download our fill-in-the-blank handout. And second, after you're done listening, we would love for you to follow the link on the upper right side of the page that says Let's Connect. Here you can tell us a little bit about yourself or tell us something that we can pray with you about. Feel free to give us as much or as little information as you'd like. Wherever and however you are listening to us today, we are excited you are here and we hope you enjoy it. Now here's today's speaker. I love celebrating Christmas and uh, thank you guys for coming today and celebrating it with Open Life. My name is Thad and uh, I get to share with you a little bit. I also love having the elementary in with us today, and I know some of the parents are right at this moment. You're going, "Why is my child sitting with me?" Because this may be torture. No, we'll make it fun. You're you're going to have a good time today. In fact, I may tell a couple more stories than normal. Uh, let me tell you one to start off before I, I read the Christmas story here for you today. Uh, one is my my youngest, uh, an almost four year old boy. He sees things in one of two lights in the world that he lives in. From his perspective, there's two types in this world. There is the good guy, and there is the bad guy. So it doesn't matter what is happening, uh, whether it's a movie, whether it's a television show, or his favorite, football. He thinks number three is Russell Wilson's name, and so he is the good guy in his eyes. And then everybody else is the bad guy. So at least he has that true. Uh, that is an accurate depiction. But today, it doesn't matter whether you're on the good list, the good guy list, or the bad guy list, because Christmas is a celebration for all of us, as we'll uncover today so beautifully read in the Bible. So the Bible is this great book to us. It's a book that uh, is a gift, the most historically preserved and accurate book of all time. And in the center of it is these four books called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were four people who hung out with Jesus. And after he resurrected and ascended into heaven, uh, they wrote his story down from different perspectives. And today we're going to read the perspective of Luke. Luke's intent in writing Jesus' story is that we could be certain, absolutely 100% certain, that Jesus was not just a cool guy, but he was and is the Son of God Therefore, we can have hope for eternity. So he's a real, he writes from a cool perspective. So we're going to read his perspective here. Luke, Luke 2, verse 1. It's on your handout or on the screen. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius... Sounds like a basketball player or something, right? Quirinius scores his... Okay, anyway, was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, 
because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. Time out. Wait, they're just pledged to be married and she's already pregnant? Did they count? They're like, let's see, they're getting married and they're... Okay, let me catch you up because a bunch of stuff happened before we got here. And Mary is pregnant and the promise came from like an angel that she was going to carry the Son of God. So without Joseph's help, she got pregnant. Enough said, right? Welcome to the service today, elementary. Okay, here we go. Um, so she's pregnant with child riding on a donkey, and here we go. They went to Nazareth, or they went to, here they are. Okay. Uh, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Everybody was coming to be registered. There was no room left. So here they are amongst the animals in a manger. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people, for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard, seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. There is so much wrapped up inside this amazing story. And that's what I love about the Bible. It's like so far beyond what we could grasp. I mean, you have the story of creation at the beginning of the Bible, and it all kind of builds up to Jesus and the coming of Jesus. And then we have instructions like of how we live now with this understanding that Jesus was the Son of God following it. So we have this incredible book that builds up and gives us insight. But the big idea, the big deal about this book is Jesus being sent to us, God's initiated solution to sin and the mess of life. He sent us Jesus, His very own Son, through Mary, and He's born in a manger. 
The gospel story is amazing, and gospel means good news. And this is the good news story. It's good that Jesus showed up. And how Luke tells this story so that we could be certain. See, I love, I love how children see this story. I love how children see the entire story of, of the gospel and, and their interpretation of it. And so for the last two weeks, we had a little fun and, and, and thought maybe funny, fun, planning, and saying, you know, they have this app for your phone or iPad or whatever, the, the Bible app for kids. And so we took that in, and it has a Christmas story in there, you know, a little picture of a manger, and it walks through the story. So we had it walk through the story with our very own guests today, the elementary kids. And so they were able to prep, learn the Christmas story effectively so that they could retell us this Christmas story. And so last week, Jaden went back with the help of Dana, as was witnessed by their voices on the video that you'll hear in a second, uh, and they helped record the Christmas story through their lens with some imagery. Now, just for fun, we decided to toss in a few images that weren't in the original story, but enjoy, enjoy. Feel free to watch this. Wild applause for all of our kids there. We want to especially thank Moses for a guest appearance in the story, and Buddy the wise man, and uh, the wise man shepherds with their staffs. Isn't that fun to kind of look at that and just see the story through a child's lens? And you know what is so beautiful about that? There's a lot of elements. I could just talk about that video for uh, a while, but... It's so true that we just kind of insert some crazy characters into the story of Jesus showing up. Isn't it weird how all of a sudden you go from like this beautiful picture of Joseph and Mary and they're having a baby and it's a little weird, they're in a manger, and then there's shepherds just tossed into the story, right? Wise men just thrown into the story. And so you kind of read it and you go, I like how the kids just threw Moses in or threw, you know, Buddy into the story. I mean, this is good because this is reality. Like, God actually threw some interesting characters that we're going to look at in a second into the story. Now, when we were planning this, you know, I kind of was sitting there with some Jimmy Fallon moments in my head thinking, oh, man, I wish, what if somebody totally works like the elf on the shelf into it? And he was like, you know, I was waiting for somebody to say, and like the elf on the shelf was there and he would go back and report whether like Jesus was naughty or nice in the manger. Every night he would fly back, but, you know, we tried. It was, it was the cutest video in the world anyway. I loved it. Um, Buddy could have been there. Buddy the elf would have made the manger scene a really happy day. <laughs> then the manger would have smelt a little like beef and cheese. I'm just saying. Thanks, Mandy, for that. Uh, there, there was some very potent and clear imagery intended when God inserted all these different characters into Jesus' birth story. And kind of like us, there's all kinds of characters in our lives. But this is very intentional that God chooses to like draw out and that Luke chose to emphasize some characters in the scene called shepherds that like dominate the major portion of his account of Jesus' birth. Shepherds of all people. And so we're going to like 
figure that who are these shepherds? Where, where did they come from? Why are they in this story? It's late at night. What's happening? Shepherds in that day were known to be dishonest characters. They were not um, clean in their day. So they had like you were clean if you followed all these laws that are in the Old Testament. And then they made a bunch of laws. And all these rulers of the law tried to like keep all these festivals and rules and all these things. And it, caused, it was, took so much time that shepherds, while they're caring for these flocks of sheep, could not keep up with everybody else's rules. And so they were known to everybody as kind of the unclean people of the community, or therefore, they kind of lived up, you know, when you kind of put that expectation on somebody, and all of a sudden you kind of live up to the expectation. If somebody accuses you of stealing all the time, and you've never stolen, but they still tell you you've stolen, what are you going to eventually maybe do? Steal! So they kind of became the thieves, the dishonest people, they made exceptions. They became cynical of the religious. Easy to do, right? They, you know, were those living without religion in their lives, and so they couldn't make it to the temple to make the sacrifices or the festivals. You know, in our modern-day community, those that fit in that column, like if you do like a demographic search of our community, 88% of people don't make it to church within the course of a year. So when you take kind of that percentage and go, wow, I guess a lot of us should really relate to the shepherds, right? We, we can't keep up with like the religious or whatever. And that's God's trying to connect with all of us, I guess the 88%, if you would. These shepherds represented the naughty list right? Kind of, in God's story. They represent outcasts, or as they would call them, sinners, the very focal point of Jesus. Listen to a couple passages, both in the Gospels. One in Luke 19, verse 10, speaking of Jesus, He sometimes called Himself the Son of Man. So, this is Jesus speaking. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. His very birth was the initiation of a seek and save the lost story. And it's interesting that the lost are brought into it first, the shepherds. John 3.17 says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. These shepherds were the perfect illustration of the lost or condemned or disconnected. What a better message of humanity. That's why God sent the angels to these shepherds in a the field. They probably were the only ones awake at night, right? They're tending to their field. They have to watch over, make sure no wolves or beasts would like come and take the sheep at night. And yes, they're the perfect picture of the common dude for us to capture. Now, I love playing games. One of the games I enjoy is a game I don't get to play a lot. Texas Hold'em. Any other Hold'em fans? You just like playing Texas Hold'em in the room. So we would, you know, play this, this game, and we thought, like this is a few years ago, we were into Texas Hold'em, and there was a great place to play Hold'em in the community. James, you feeling me? Uh, BLT, right? So we show up at BLT, for those of you who don't know Bonnie Lake Tavern, to play 
some hold'em in a tournament there. And uh, so we're like at the tables playing hold'em. And uh, I don't know, I think at the table was a lot of the modern-day shepherds. I'm just basing it off maybe some of the jokes that were told at the table while I was there. Some of the words that were the only words used at the table. Um, some of, you know, it's, it's, there's a little roughness there. It was uncomfortable. The jokes were uncomfortable. When somebody would show you like an image they just got texted by somebody else, that was really uncomfortable. When they told jokes about each other's daughters, that was really uncomfortable. Those kind of, it was that moment. And uh, I think they were the shepherds, right? This is a modern day. This is a good illustration. The funny reaction is when they would find out as I was gathering up more chips than them, hopefully, uh, that I was a pastor. <laughs> they would like freak out. It was awesome. What are you doing here? And I was just like, I like to play this game, you know? <laughs> Could these be the modern day shepherds or whatever the angel certainly meant for these people when it, when the angel said for these people i think everybody in that room in my mind are great people represented by the coming of jesus this great joy this peace these people okay let me put it in the language of the kids kids let me help you out the adults maybe have followed a little bit they're tracking with the whole blt illustration but for the kids let me illustrate to you what the shepherds may be like. Some in that day would view the shepherds as the ruffians from Tangled. Anybody know the thugs and ruffians from Tangled? Have you seen the movie Tangled? And uh, up, uh, did we get those images snagged? The ruffians, we have it. There it is, y'all. The ruffians. Remember, I got a dream, I got a dream, that whole scene. Those are the ruffians, the bad people that everybody was afraid of. The shepherds kind of were the modern, like, they were that. Okay, let me help you. What about Hans in the movie Frozen? Uh, this may be another good illustration. He was not a good guy. And some people saw the shepherds as not good guys of their day. That's the shepherds. So why does God send them, the angel, to tell them that Jesus is born? Because he wanted to really make it clear that he loves every one of us. That he didn't come to condemn any one of us. He came to love us. This is an incredible message that the angel communicates. And although the angel must be a pretty bad dude. Because the ruffians and Hans, these bad dudes out in the field were terrified. Can you imagine bad dudes being terrified in a field by the angel? So the angel must have been pretty like, right? And they were afraid. But this is what he communicates in the midst of them being afraid. This is the all-important message that they receive first. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. What is this great news? A Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. He will bring peace to all on whom His favor rests. That's the message. This is Christmas. This is what we celebrate. 
that Jesus has been born. And by that, it means Jesus was not born for the religious, those who went to church every day of their life, those who already had hope. Nor was Jesus born to bring judgment against those who don't yet have hope or live life in an evil way. Jesus was not born to eliminate sin or the sinners, but provide joy and peace in the midst of this thing we call life. That's why God sent His Son, so that we could live life to the full right now in great joy, full of peace, making a difference in the lives of others. Jesus was good news. That should well up for anybody and give us great joy. This is like crazy good news. Because through Jesus would come the end of all condemnation. Through Jesus would come forgiveness for any wrong thing we've ever done. Through Jesus, all the festivals and laws that the shepherds couldn't live up to, now they were just like, grace overcame all of those. They were no longer necessary. All they had to do was put their faith in the Son of God, and they would now have equal favor in the eyes of God by choosing to follow Jesus. Through Jesus, salvation came to all people. The Savior has been born to you, the shepherds were told. To you. That had to have hit them like a brick. Because their whole life they've been told now, no, go, you're the shepherds, you're unclean, you're no good, you can't come. Nope, not for you, not for you. You don't get the invite. No, the Savior's been born for you. This is for you. All of a sudden they're told from God that this is for you. So it hits them like a ton of bricks. It had to have. He's to be your Lord. If you were the only one here today, I think the message would be the same. Jesus was born to you. He was born to you. And it should give you great joy. No matter how naughty you've been, no matter what's on, why you're on what list, right? Or no matter how good you've been, it still gives you hope because you can never be good enough. His great joy is not to be held onto with a closed fist, but as the shepherds demonstrate, this good news and great joy is to be just freely given away. They're not just the first recipients of this great news. They're the first ones who get to go tell everybody about it after they find the sign, which was Jesus in a manger. Worship team, you can work your way back up here. It's a simple message today. There's good news and great joy, and it's for all of us. It was the same news that was brought here to the shepherds. It's good news. No matter how sinful Jesus actually purposed to come specifically for sinners in this world. Jesus came for the naughty list, if you would. And he can transfer every single name from that naughty list to the nice list. In fact, he just scratches out naughty and puts nice. All we have to do is choose to put our faith in him, to follow him. He went all the way from that birth scene. He lived a sinful life and made his way to a cross. He made his way to a grave, and three days later, he rose from that grave and actually fulfilled every prophetic word spoken over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years, identifying him truly as the Son of God, and that through his sacrifice, through dying and being buried in a grave and raising three days later, he gives us the potential to follow him, put our faith in Jesus, and have a promise of eternal life, that we'll be with him in heaven. It's an incredible story, and it's 
true from this historical book. Jesus is the Son of God, and he was born in a manger. A message and a mission is found right here in the middle of this today. The message, good news, great joy, literal good news. That's what the gospel means. That's why at Open Life, you don't get, welcome, I got some bad news for you, and you better fix your life before you leave today, right? I'm not, that's, no, there's good news. This is what we're supposed to be, proclaimers of good news. It's good that we have Jesus to put our faith in. And it should bring us great joy and relief and peace. And these shepherds go from the outcast to the outspoken and demonstrate for us what we need to do. We need to put our faith in Jesus. We need to come and seek and and grow in Him. We need to find Jesus and then make Jesus known to others. It's extraordinary how simple this message is and how beautiful its beginning was. And I'm so thankful we have a record of it in all the Gospels, but specifically Luke's version here. My prayer for you today is that you would experience great joy, that you could walk out from here and live with great joy, and that you would be able to share that joy with others. Before I pray, and then I just want you kind of to reflect on this whole scenario, and what would you have done if you were the shepherd? Would you have had that much faith to go look for a baby in a manger? Maybe after seeing an angel that terrified you. But it's like, uh, where is your faith at? Maybe if you don't sense that great joy, you've yet to put your faith in Jesus. And today's a great opportunity to do that. One of those things in your your program that you're handed on your way in is what we call a connection card. And hopefully you've been able to fill out your name and email at least. But on the back side of that are some opportunities of response that Jaden pointed out earlier. And, And I don't know, the most important ones on the top left. If you've yet to put your faith in Jesus, if you've yet to say, okay, Jesus, I will follow you. You need to do that today. Because that's the beginning of this great joy. That's the beginning of the story is that you choose to follow the clues. The sign was they would find a baby in a manger. They followed the clues from the angel and they found Jesus. I can't wish anything more on you than that you would find Jesus this Christmas. And that you would be able to come back in a couple weeks. We don't have service next week. But come back in a couple weeks and and, and celebrate our five-year anniversary as we're going to party all month. And and just hear words of vision and insight. What can you do with this great joy? How can you give it away? And may it just contagiously begin to overflow. I want that for your life. I want you to experience great joy. And it's as easy, the Bible says, as, as inviting Jesus into your life for you to experience that for the first time. And then we need to stir it up. Stir up that joy. That's what we get to do here at Open Life. That's what we get to take out into the community. That's what surrounding cities are seeking, that we would bring them if we reproduce. It's that great joy, and they don't know how to express it, but they're just something they want. What they want is Jesus. What they see is what we do and how we're generous to our community, but what they really need is Jesus. And that's what you and I need as well, no matter what list we're on. So God, I thank you for today. 
I thank you that we have the opportunity to come and I don't know where we see ourselves. Maybe we see ourselves as one of the shepherds in the field or a ruffian, if you would. Maybe we're one of those guys that we're sure we're on the naughty list and we know why. But there's some amazing news here that should bring us great joy. And that news is that a Savior has come literally to save us from our sin. All we have to do is put our faith on you, Jesus. And so today, maybe some in this room right now are going to for the first time pray this, but Jesus, I choose to put my faith on you. And I take hold of that joy that you have for my life. And I can't wait to experience that peace as I celebrate Jesus for the next few days as we lead up to Christmas. And as I look into the next year, may I look at it through the lens of a fresh start with Jesus. I'm no longer on the naughty list. I am no longer sinful or outcast or condemned. Jesus did not come to condemn me. He came to save me, and I embrace that today. Thank you, God, for the forgiveness. Thank you for seeking me out. This message you said, it's for you. It's for me. I embrace this joy. I embrace this peace. I embrace this grace today. Thank you for hope. I pray that on every person here, and not just them, but those whom they'll do as the shepherds went and told people about this message of Jesus. I pray for the words they'll speak to others. May they be filled with good news and great joy and peace during this Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's talk. If you have a question about what you've heard today or if you have a need we can pray with you about, feel free to click on the Let's Connect or Need Prayer button on the upper right side of the Message Archive page. Or if you're listening on iTunes, you can always email info at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join in the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can give online at livinglifeopen.com by following the Giving tab and clicking Give Now. We're excited you took the time out of your busy week to listen to our talk. But have you ever thought about visiting us on a Sunday morning? We meet at 10 a.m. each Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School. We would love to see you on a Sunday, and then you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing online. Finally, stay up to date with everything Open Life by visiting livinglifeopen.com following us on Twitter, or liking us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and week.